Welcome to Foster Carolinas, connecting the Carolinas to voices of foster care. L-O-T, the place I want to be. Come and sit down, have a foster chat with me. Okay, guys, welcome back to Foster Carolinas. I am having the privilege of talking to Programs Director Selena Johnson today, and we're going to give Susanna a week off of the podcast. Yes, I am here to, well, I'm going to let Abby pick my brain on all things foster care. Yes. So Selena has this... um, I don't know what you call it, like a new, new to least of these Carolinas spiel that is specific to you. And I still, so I've been here over a year. And even before that, I was kind of in the world of foster care, just volunteering with you guys um, and had, you know, gone to school. So kind of knew about it. But the information that you shared with me um, when I first got here is still stuff that I go back to. The whys, the things that I tell people, um, Trauma is incurred um, on these kids, just period, from being mm-hmm. in care. Um, whatever that looks like, whatever for whatever reason they're in care, there has been trauma. Um, and that has really helped me understand more into the world of foster care. And that is what our January, February season of our podcast is about the basics. So, yes, because I learned the hard way. Well, Mm -hmm. we have interns and we have employees and we may all have a little bit of foster care knowledge. But, you know, here in our office, if you're going to work, there's certain things you're going to hear and see. And do you actually know what they mean Uh or do you know why we, you know, why they come up in the world of social services? And then as a foster parent, the questions that people ask you you just know for a fact that the public does not have a lot of information about foster care. They can't, they don't know enough to even ask questions that make sense for the most part. And so I always tried to kind of educate a little bit. And that's, that's really hard with Mm -hmm. someone who, you know, just thinks you have kids in your home and they don't even know why they're in your home or what foster care does. There's a lot of education that needs to happen. Yeah, there is. There is. And I, I just, I can't imagine because I really do believe that there are people, more people out there that would get involved, want to get involved. They just don't know what that looks like. They don't. It is so unnatural. Foster care is so out of our normal realm of thinking that you have to first know the basics to then be able to plug in in some way. Um, Because there's plenty of places you can plug in, but you're not going to plug into something. You're like, "I, I don't understand what's going on here. So I think and it's a world that is a little bit private yeah. or secret, not secret, but private due yeah. to the nature of trying to keep That's the kids true. privacy and things like this. So you don't read about the cases that would make you curious about mm-hmm. foster care because what they could print and not print in publications and about kids is just there's a fine line there. So you're a lot of what happens in the world of foster care is not reported on. Mm-hmm that would pull your heartstrings and make you curious about mm-hmm. it. And that's very true. To pro- protect the privacy of the yeah. children and the adults. I think that speaks directly to why we have such a passion for giving platforms that we have to former foster youth, because you're right there. We can't tell their stories like from our mouth without them, you right. know? So if we have a platform that they can then stand on and use, we can get those stories out, but it has to be, them deciding to give that story to other people. Right. So that's 
that's very cool. We could talk about that forever. My first question for you today is um, why is a child in foster care? What what makes them even foster care even something in their life? Why are they there? Well, let me just preface this by saying I'm I live in North Carolina and everything that I know is kind of going to be based on the state Mm -hmm. of North Carolina. A lot of things are nationwide, but almost everything is different in terms of rules and regulations of foster care is different per state and can be different per county. Mm -hmm. So I'm just speaking of what I know from where I live and where you live might be slightly different. But kids come into care because of abuse and neglect. And there are statues and laws that determine what they are, and those will differ to where on where you live. But I would, I would say that whatever you have in your head as abuse and neglect is, mm-hmm. it's far worse than yeah. you think has to be the threshold to get a child removed from their home. Yeah. Yep. Um, which is crazy to think about. Um, so there aren't just... So there are many different kids. You can go look at any child's um, elementary school classroom and you're going to see a variety of different kids. Behavior issues runs the gamut. So what are the types of foster homes that are out there and how are foster homes being prepared to take in any kind of behavior that they might see needs that a child might have coming into their home? Can you tell me about the different foster homes and different foster parents that are out there? Yeah, so to be licensed in North Carolina, you have to go through training and you can get licensed at the the county level or you can get Mm -hmm. licensed through a private agency. And they all have a standardized training and then they would probably supplement that. I've heard people say, well, they do a really good trauma training or they do a really good training on another subject. So you're getting trained by different groups of people. But in, in that, you are deciding kind of your parameters of what you would accept in terms of how many kids you would get licensed for and things like that. And the county uh, might license you for family foster care, or if you wanted to decide you wanted to be licensed for a therapeutic foster care, your county may not even license therapeutic foster parents. Mm-hmm. That may have to be an outside agency, or you may find places that will do both. But to take therapeutic children as a placement, you have to be licensed to do that. Mm-hmm. It's a different training, a different certificate, things like that. So there's family foster care and then there's levels of, but we'll just say family foster care, therapeutic foster care there. And then there's group homes and residential care and different Mm -hmm. terms like that that are all higher level care than family Mm -hmm. foster care. Okay. Gotcha. And so that always does, can, I have a question. I don't know if you have the answer for it. Um, Can someone go straight into that higher level care so can they go from not a foster parent to therapeutic foster parent or do you know if there's like a threshold where they have to just first be family no you can get licensed to be therapeutic your your training and things would be different Mm -hmm. and your stipend for taking those kids the amount of kids that you can have in your home Mm -hmm. are different than traditional family foster care so you can just decide you want to be a therapeutic foster placement very cool and you did uh touch on how they get licensed can you so There are different people. I didn't know that not all counties will license therapeutic. So do you have to, can can your county point you in the right direction for a therapeutic foster licensing agency? Well, usually, yes. So if you called a county and said, hey, I'd like to get licensed, for one, I hope they take your call and hope they treat Mm -hmm. you with respect and have Mm -hmm. the time to get back with you. That is an issue in the world of foster care is no one actually has the time to get back with you. Mm -hmm. And they would kind of tell you, 
well, in our, we place family foster care and these are kind of our highest needs or, and they might tell you, well, if you could get licensed, we could place you, you know, Mm -hmm. the day after you get licensed or Mm -hmm. something. Um, Depending on the age that you want to foster, the county may say, well, we don't really have a need for homes in taking that age, I wouldn't imagine a county would say that. Mm-hmm. But a private agency might say that. They might be known for taking higher level kids into care. So they're not really going to ever place newborns or mm-hmm. infants. So if you mm-hmm. want an infant or something, you need to have you need to do a little homework. You need to talk to the county and and or or the agency and say, you know, what are your typical placements look like? And if we are wanting to get this age range or this number of kids, is that possible with your mm-hmm. agency? Mm-hmm. Um, they should be pretty transparent about that. And they should always give you a recommendation of someone licensed through them you can talk to. Mm. Do that. Yeah, for sure. So I'm hearing kind of off topic of what we're talking about, too, is that foster parents, you you get to have a say in, in how you're licensed, how they are helped, like, what kind of bandwidth they have to really support you. Mm -hmm. Um, So really be specific and know what you need from your licensing agency so they can support you to keep you in this world longer. Yeah. So they're, when they license you, they're going to license you for how many kids can go into your house. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be based on the number of biological children you have in your home Mm -hmm. and their ages and the amount of space you have in your home. So they might license you for two kids or one kid or five kids if you don't have biological children. And then you always have, you can say, you know, we only want boys ages seven and you might not ever get a call for a boy yeah. age seven. Yeah. Or you could say any kid, any age and your phone might ring off the hook. <laughs> yeah. I will say there isn't always a need for people to take older kids. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily just teens, but probably teens or kids over the ages of 10. There's mm-hmm. always a need for people to take those. And the good things about those kids is they don't need car seats and high chairs yeah. and baby equipment and their schedules yeah. of, you know, they're easier to take places and do things with. Mm-hmm. Let me, I, I just, I really need to put in a plug really quick for the older kids. So I started at camp as a volunteer, loved it, was with 15 year old girls. I thought you guys hated me. I was like, for sure they want to see me just drown. These kids, these girls are going to know that I'm the worst, that I that, that I don't know anything. Like, they, they're going to see straight through me. They're the coolest girls I did. And then I had 13-year-olds the next time I came back. And they're the coolest kids. Give them, you, you be open and honest with them. You respect them first. And then they will warm up to you. So I need to put in a plug for the older kids that, honestly, that's my preference. I love all kids, but the older kids, they're super cool. They become friends quick and uh, don't be scared of them. They're not scary. Exactly. Um, and they, we, we know of places where you could meet some older kids mm-hmm. in foster care. You could volunteer at our summer camp, exactly. for example, <laughs> or we could let you talk to foster parents who took that age yes. or, I mean, and they're, they're not going to be like people's biological, biological children, but just mm-hmm. talking to someone who has that age children mm-hmm. about kind of what some of the struggles are. They yeah. are definitely not the struggles that someone who has three toddlers exactly. has in their life. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a different set of circumstances. Yep. In theory, they sound terrifying. They're not. I promise. I think you promise they're not terrifying. Um, respect them first. That's that would be my my um, key for that. So we're going to move to the next question is. We've talked about a lot of foster care, licensing and um, adding kids into your home when you've kind of planned on it. 
What about the kinship aspect of that where you don't necessarily plan on it at all? You have not taken any classes. You do not get a stipend. Can you talk to me a little bit about kinship care and how that's different from foster care? Yes. So DSS would probably prefer to place with kinship Mm -hmm. care. That is most all the time related to the kids that are coming to care, but sometimes it can be a really close family friend or someone who acted like family. Um, But not every kid who comes into care has those people in their life who can kind of pass the basic background check and Mm -hmm. kind of the, they do a basic home study, you know, is it safe? Are there beds? That kind of thing on a kinship placement. They don't have to go through the training and things like that. But the the one thing about kinship is they don't receive the stipend that foster Mm -hmm. parents receive. So they can receive it, but to receive it, they have to be a licensed foster parent. Mm. And I don't know how in the state of North Carolina you become a licensed foster parent in under four or five months. It would be a challenge to do. So um, they have struggles that are usually financial struggles. They weren't expecting to get three or four of their grandchildren or Mm -hmm. great-grandchildren or great-nieces. And so financially, that is a big toll um, on them. Mm -hmm. And then they might know them, but they also might not have been close with them. You know, they could have been living in in another state or something like that. Mm -hmm. So while it sounds like, well, you should know more about these kids, sometimes the situations of them coming into care is they didn't have a relationship. Yeah. But so they, their needs are great. Mm-hmm, for sure. <laughs> um, and they need a lot more. They need some support for sure. We do everything that we do for kids and foster care includes kids who are placed in kinship placements yes. always. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, and then so we kind of talked about so they might be in different states. Your family member, you might have been estranged from the parent a long time ago. So it would make sense that you didn't know they might have had a kid. Um so that makes sense as far as family members go, but there are some kids in strictly foster care that end up five counties away, 10 counties away, where they're, they're, they move from a school to a state. You know, it might mm-hmm. be different. Can you tell us how that might can happen, how a kid can be not in the county that they are from? Well, the whole world of foster care, but specifically our state that I know about and around us is just in a crisis situation of not enough foster homes. And it's been mm-hmm. like that for a while, but it has been getting progressively worse. Mm-hmm. So if a county takes custody of a kid, then their goal is to place that child. So they're first maybe going to look at their county homes. Does anybody have space for this? And then they're going to move on to a list of agencies they have relationships with. And they're going to kind of put an all call out, all call out to the these agencies and say, hey, we have, you know, two kids, ages so-and-so. Does anybody have a, a placement for them? Mm-hmm. And all the agencies might be full or not have space for them. And then there has to go a further reach or a statewide, statewide cry of, we have two kids who need a placement and we do not have a bed for them. Mm-hmm. So you take a geographic net that maybe you wanted to keep the kids in the county for a hundred different reasons of why yeah. life would be easier. And there's no one outside of four or five hours that could have or would have or did say yes. Mm-hmm. So they are place five counties away. Mm -hmm. That's hard. Oftentimes they're court ordered that they need a weekly visit Mm -hmm. or they need a sibling visit. And that amount of road 
wear yeah. on the kid and on the social worker and on the foster parent mm-hmm. is very, very hard, yeah. along with just keeping relationships up, keeping visits in person for the guardian and let him and the social worker and everybody that needs to visit the kid. Mm-hmm. It just becomes a mess. Yeah. But if we had more foster homes mm-hmm. um, who had the, ca- the capacity you know, we might say, well, I didn't, I don't have any kids in my home. Well, you probably weren't licensed for this age group or you mm-hmm. might not have been licensed. You might have been taking a break. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of reasons why a foster home might technically not be open, but not have space for that kid. Yeah. They yeah. might have something going on in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, they might um, be waiting on three kids because they have a capacity of three. And mm-hmm. anyone who can take siblings, absolutely take those siblings because that's needed. Mm-hmm. But uh, so we've seen it for a, quite a few years that kids get placed very far out of county, but it's getting worse and worse. Yeah. So we usually end um, and I'm going to let you talk on this in just a minute for the last little bit. But we usually make like a why should you be a foster parent? And then we usually say, you know, even if foster parent isn't for you, there's always something you can do. While that is true, I really want to end this episode with really look into being a foster parent. Um I can't imagine, first of all, being taken from all that I've ever known. And then not even that, like the roads that I'm going down, they're not familiar to me. The people that I interact with, they're not familiar to me. I have to be in this stranger's car for hours on end because my appointments are back in my home county, but I'm not living there. I can't imagine that. So more than enough there, we can... It's the dream that it there is. are more than enough. It is. And that takes me back to KFO when we went there. I know. Um, but but I, I really think that it could be a reality. I think that there's a lot of fear. And that's what this uh, this series of podcast episodes. There's I a really, ton of fear. Yeah. I want to negate that with some basic information with it is scary. I'm not saying it's not scary. It sounds terrifying. And I'm not a foster parent yet. So I completely understand that aspect that maybe you're really just not there yet, but I don't want it to be out of fear. So can you speak to that for the last few minutes of it might be scary, but it's even more scary for these kids. And also, I think your fear can be quieted with some more education, some more support and some more people to talk to and resources to um be be given yes I would say absolutely if you've ever thought you could be a foster parent and maybe you have some fears or reasons why you can't do it right now talk Mm -hmm. to other foster parents and not just one foster parent that one foster parent may have a skewed version of foster care because of a very hard placement Mm -hmm. or because of a child left for a reason they didn't agree with so if they are bitter or not supportive about the world of foster care go talk to more of them and talk to people Mm -hmm. who took different ages and people who have biological children your own ages Mm -hmm. whatever your fear is find someone who can talk to you about that Mm -hmm. most of the things that people are scared of are when you take the training for one, you're a lot better equipped to yes. understand mm-hmm. trauma and what trauma does to children. You're in, and you when you see behaviors, you're you know why do you see the behaviors, and mm-hmm. you know hopefully it's a temporary behavior, and you're armed with some things to deal with all those behaviors. Mm-hmm. So they give you the education. There's education books and books and books and tons of online information about mm-hmm. kind of 
doing this. Most people want to wait. Yeah. The the wait, wait till what? And we yeah. went through this. Well, maybe we, we finally said, if we keep, well, this is what I said. This is really personal. But I said, you know, one day I'm going to stand before God and mm. I'm going to say, I waited. Yeah. I waited forever and I didn't do it. Yeah. And I couldn't do that. Yeah. So I had to say, okay, well, you know, we can't really do this right now, but we did. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually not really good time, but we're going to do it anyway. And if we don't do it now, we never will. Yeah, so you're right. Yeah. Let me share this with you. Kathleen Burse was on our podcast yesterday. She is Fearless Fostering. Please go follow her at Fearless underscore Fostering on Instagram. She also has a Facebook page. Um, and she said something that just really rattled me. She said, say yes until you find a good reason to say no. Absolutely. So, Say yes to befriending that foster family. Say yes to taking that licensing class. You can always say, no, I can't take that placement right now, but you're licensed until you feel a good reason to say no. Exactly. Say yes until you find a good reason to say no. I was like, okay, let's go home. That's it. That's what we need to keep saying. Yes. Um, and I mean, if you're, if you think you're too busy, if you think you're too whatever, I will say that from all the placements we've had, the children who have been in our lives during very, very busy seasons and have just got to experience normal family life. They went to ball games. They went to church. They went everywhere we went which was a very busy life. And they benefited from being a part of that. They had never been part of a family who did family activities. They'd never been to middle school and the high school soccer mm -hmm. games and they'd never been places we went. So yeah. they benefited from yeah. that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, and we were, well, I would have said we were too busy. I would have said so many things. Yeah. Um, and I usually just tried to kind of talk myself out of that. Mm -hmm. You can put up a wall and say, well, I can't do this, but, mm -hmm. you know, and we've said this before, if you met that child in person and yeah. they knocked on your door and said, can I stay here tonight? Mm -hmm. Would that still fly in your yeah. world? And it yeah. probably yeah. wouldn't. It I wouldn't. mean, you really need to think about, okay, if, if you don't say yes, then actually who is going to say yes? Mm -hmm. Because there's yeah. a whole lot of people who have it plant a seed planted in their head and their heart by mm -hmm. God, by friends, by mm -hmm. everybody. And they're just sitting on it. Yeah. And if we don't act now, then it's it, going to become more of a crisis. Yeah. And those are the people that I'm, that I want to, to reach that. Those are the people that I truly want to take your hand and say, don't be scared. It is so unknown. And that's so, and again, listen back to last week where she talks about how foster care is completely abnormal, completely. All of those are valid, but there are kids sleeping on the floor in office buildings. And it is very rewarding work. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is exhausting and mm -hmm. it is a lot of things, but it is very mm -hmm. rewarding mm -hmm. to see kids who have been abused and neglected yeah. coming out of their shells, mm -hmm. shedding some of their, you know, behaviors that are meant to kind of protect themselves, meeting some milestones, enjoying life, having fun, having mm -hmm. new experiences, being proud of themselves for yeah. uh, lots of things is, I mean, that is very good work to do. Yeah. So it is rewarding to see all the moments, to experience all these moments that you get to have with kids. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who are cut out for it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Who won't admit it or who will let someone else talk them out of it. But yeah. I'll say don't let what someone else think mm -hmm. they can't do talk you into what you can't do. Absolutely. That's so true. Um, 
and 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 find the resources. I don't want you to go into it feeling like, okay, well, I know I have to do this. What what whatever there is support out there. It might not be right in front of your eyes because you're not in this world yet. But step into this world. There are plenty of people that want to walk right beside you as you do this, mm-hmm. support you as you do this, love on the kids that you have in your home. You're not in it alone. So if that's a fear. There, there are plenty of resources. If you are out in the there. world, if you are in the state of North Carolina mm-hmm. and you were curious and wanted to find out more, I mean, you could call us and mm-hmm. say, I mean, I know how I can get licensed, but I'd really like to talk to somebody. Yeah. I mean, we could probably find a support group for you to go to and mm-hmm. you can talk to 10 or 12 people or yeah. we could hook you up with a, you know, a foster parent who loved to take someone under her yep. wing. And whether it's just a weekly phone call or whatever, I mean, we could actually be that resource yeah. for a lot of the people. Yeah. You need to call and talk to Abby. Yeah, co- please. <laughs> I love to talk. <laughs> call me anytime. 704-215-4344. Ask for Abby. <laughs> Ashley will be happy to direct you to me. Yeah, Ashley will be like, why are all these people calling me? <laughs> and they all want to talk to Abby. Why? <laughs> That's funny. Um, But I do hope that this um, episode leaves you, the listener, encouraged. It has definitely left me encouraged um, as the host for the week. And um, thank you, Selena, for being a wealth of knowledge and giving your life and dedication to these kids. Thank you, Abby. Thanks for joining us today for Foster Carolinas. Were you inspired by something you heard today? Well, We want to encourage you to make the next step, whatever that is. Everyone can do something for children in foster care. If you're not sure where to start, go to our website at www.lotcarolinas.com and see what you can do.